When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as guest co-host is a Dasani. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being back. Yeah, I love this. We just did an episode about the New World Order. Mm-hmm. And now we're back talking about one of the one of the aspects of the New World Order. The people pushing the New World Order. Yeah, so just sort of we're we're, we're putting a magnifying glass on one of the groups who is associated with this conspiracy. They're associated with it. They're I feel like when you hear conservatives or people on the right say liberals love Satan, yeah, this group is the reason why. Oh, I just thought they assumed that because, like, anyone who's not religious, that's sort of a... Well, Satan's cool is part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. And you know, liberals are cool. Why? So it would stand a reason that liberals would like Satan. Yeah. But this, yeah, this group, this is weird. This is a weird story. Not a story. Like, I've just, I've never heard of this group until I started looking into the New World Order for this podcast. How widely accepted are they as pushing this um, this at a world level? They are uh, a facet of the United Nations. Like, they are at the highest officially, level. Officially. Officially. Yes. Uh, okay. uh, we'll get into it in more detail, but. Gotcha. The UN has a meditation room. Yeah. That this this group runs the meditation room and they are also the uh kind of like official unofficial publishing wing of the UN. Official unofficial. They like they're a non they're an NGO, a non-governmental organization yeah. which is how like we Like the Federal Reserve. Yeah, the, well, the federal <laughs> well, not, is the Federal Reserve classified as that? I mean, they would in no, no, theory. I don't think they're ca- classified as an NGO, but I was I was just throwing a little bit of shade, you know, <laughs> at, at the at the Federal Reserve for well, it does for being tie, a little private, being a little private, you know. Yeah, it does tie into this theory a whole lot. Yeah, the the fact that the Federal Reserve controls all of our money, but they're a private bank. Yeah. And we're all just like, okay, okay. I don't know what that means. I'm yeah, sure it's they're, fine. They're not publicized as an NGO because that would confuse people. Well, I don't think I even started hearing the phrase NGO or that acronym until pretty recently, yeah. like a few years ago. But it just means non-government organization. Yeah. And Lucis Trust, that's who we're talking about today. I Formerly known as the Lucifer Trust. The Lucifer Publishing Company, which that's subtle. 
<laughs> like that 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 part feels weird. Well, Lucifer also means Venus or bringer of light. Yeah, things like that. I and information knowledge. I have. There's an episode of this uh, podcast where I talk about uh, my. I think it's my theory. Yeah, that science might just be uh or satan might just be a metaphor for science yeah because science is kind of the big enemy of religion yeah we look at the metaphor or the um well yeah yeah, the tree of knowledge right so satan encouraging eating from this tree of knowledge getting more information um leaving ignorance which is bliss Right. So to speak. So that's why it's just like, well, you know, is this really a diabolical organization if they're promoting knowledge? Um, what's the agenda? That's yeah, that's the whole thing. Like yeah. this, this kind of comes down to who who do you really think is the enemy? Because there's not like by the time we get to the end of this, there's not really that much question about whether or not this group is pushing the idea of a new world order. They absolutely are. At an economic level, you think? Because it seems like at a spiritual level. Yes, that's the thing. Like when, when we'll get into globalists also, when people talk about globalists, they're sort of talking about these people, but only on a religious and, uh, kind of spiritual level. Yeah. Uh, and also kind of on a racial level, but not really economically. And I know there are people out there who deal more in finances who are labeled globalists. Yeah. So we're still like last week we said the new world order is like the mother of all conspiracies. Yeah. And this is still just one aspect of it. Yeah. But it's an aspect and it's a weird one. You know, I think in a lot of, um, new agey, uh, New, like, uh, what's the word for it? New agey philosophy, new age philosophy. Or yeah. It's, um, I think there is a push towards unity and oneness. And, and I, I see what you're saying about this sort of overlapping with a new world order. But I wonder if, when I think of conspiracy and, and NWO, I think of um, central power. Right. Versus sort of uh, global spirituality. And I don't, are they pushing sort of like a specific dogma or belief? They do. The, this group, they're kind of the basis for the new age movement in general. Yeah. And one of the things that is, I don't know, I guess weird about them. Weird is probably the right word. If you go to their Wikipedia page, there's, Almost no information. Yeah. It's it's very short. I saw that. And it goes through, and we'll go through it in more detail in a second, but it goes through kind of how they were founded, and then it mentions uh, the fact that they run this blog called Worldwide Goodwill. Yeah. And then it sort of ends. And it kind of makes it seem like it was this organization that mattered in the 1920s and doesn't really matter now when the truth is they're like the publishing wing of the UN. They're very, uh, tied like they're, so they're the publishing wing as in there are no other publishers they work with. There are probably others, Okay, but to hear conspiracy theorists describe it, they are the publishing wing of the UN. 
And I think it's probably also important to note that um, Lucis was founded in 1922 and the United Nations was founded in 1945, I believe. Right. Yeah. And they, yeah, the Lucis was founded way before the UN. Yeah. And there are, I don't know if I have it in the notes, but there are quotes from Alice Bailey, who is the founder of Lucis, where she kind of, uh, she references the UN and how it's kind of in line with what they're going for. Yeah, United Nations. Right. You, like, you know, unity, unite is in there, so. Yeah. And the only thing there is like nations is in plural, but I guess if you, if it all gets eaten up into one. Yeah. We're all one. We're just one, one religion, one, which again, we talked about on the last episode. It sounds boring. Yeah. If nothing else. Yeah. Like I want someone to be mad at when I go on Twitter. I don't want us to all agree. It's fucking terrible. Oh my God. Human. I'm sure people will still be mad at each other. Yeah, we'll find we'll still find ways to yeah. fight. I mean, especially like we're so as humans, we're so intellectually oriented as animals that we're are, we're always problem solving. I think that's yeah. like the a quality of the brain is always looking for problems. And then we'll find a problem yeah. in other people and figure out how to solve it. And we'll be right back where we started. Yeah, exactly. We're all going to be brown. So let's uh, let's talk about. Some of the, uh, a little bit of the history of this group. Like I said, not a ton of information on their Wikipedia page, which I find it a little suspicious. Yeah. Like this is, we're not talking about a small group that wields no influence. This is a major player on the world stage. And if you've never heard of, yeah, I've heard like I've, just now heard about them because I'm doing a conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah. And this is like conspiracy theory 201. Yeah. Like you learn about the new world order the first year and then you learn about shit like this. Like this is deep conspiracy theory shit. Yeah. We're stepping it up for the listeners right now. Yeah. You're welcome. You have a, <laughs> you have a greater understanding now. And so they're an organization they're a nonprofit service organization founded in 1922 by the husband and wife team of Alice and Foster Bailey. And she's named first and referenced more often than her husband. She's far more important to this story. Yeah. Uh, she's the one that actually got the, um, the downloads, right? The spiritual downloads. She is the one who the ascended master... Yeah. Delivered his spiritual teachings to... To her. Yeah. Um, so the it's interesting because Ascended Master, I think, is a term that describes, you know, just in like, I wouldn't say layman's term, but it describes someone who existed as a person who became enlightened and now spiritually, you know, guides the human race. Some people say like Jesus or Buddha. Right. Um, so... Uh, she doesn't actually use the term ascended master, but that was that was the term that struck me when I read um, what happened and how she got the information. Yeah. And, from whom. and it's it's a good example of how like to put it. Uh, I, I'm probably kind of guilty of it right now, but to put it as, oh, she got this information from an ascended master. Yeah. Like people hear that especially a lot of Christians would hear that and go, oh, what, what kind of bullshit is that? Yeah. And it's like Christianity involves ascended masters also. Like they just don't use that term. Yeah, like it's prophet. the exact same thing. It's a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. And 
so that like she's not alone in that in in saying like fucking Carlos Santana. Yeah. If you look into his background, he believes there is a spirit called Metatron that he gets all of his inspiration and teachings from. Like, and I'm not mad at it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's good. Music. I could use a Metatron. Yeah, Carlos know. Santana's doing all right. You know, he's what? making women's shoes. He's making wine. He is. Make- oh, entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's women's a Lonely shoes. Island song about Carlos Santana. Wait, so that shoe company is his shoe company? It's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it was his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, they're not. Yeah, good. Buy for a him. pair. You'll be great at guitar in no time. <laughs> I'll have the powers those of Metatron shoes, instantly. Yeah, those shoes are your ascended master. Oh, my God. My, my connection. Irony alert. They're on your feet. <laughs> well, you know, at that level, I think up and down doesn't matter. Names don't even matter. You know, I think everything's yeah. sort of thought for. Metatron, <laughs> I think Carlos Santana just assigned him that name because he's like, that's cool. There's a Met- Metatron. There is another Metatron out there, right? I've heard that name. I'm not. Probably. Like, I'm sure he's probably part of... Yeah. A group that thinks they all have a Metatron. And they're all like, why didn't my Metatron make me a rock star? Metatron's organizing. My Metatron thinks I should just work at this Arby's. Not cool, Metatron. I know. We got Carlos Santana and we got Arby's workers. Not to, you know, throw shade because Arby's is delicious. Arby's is fucking great. Metatron. Oh, okay. So Metatron is an angel in uh, Judeo-Islamic mythology. And, uh... And I think actually there is a sacred geometry cube based or named off of this entity. All right. So uh, maybe, yeah, maybe there are well, people how convenient. Who connect to Metatron, you know? Because there's a sacred geometry cube in the UN, too. <laughs> kind of. It's a sacred geometry rectangle. but Rectangle. We'll get there. Okay, yeah, I'm interested in, in the that. meditation room. So uh, this group, they, I, I think this is... Where people on the right and where conservatives, whatever you want to call them, I think this group is where people get the idea that liberals worship Satan. Yeah. And you know what? The thing is, Satan is such a charged word. Yeah. You know, that it's like, even if I kind of like the idea of looking at Satan, I like the metaphor of Satan as the bringer of light better than the metaphor of Satan as the, you know, apex of evil. Yeah, that's kind of why I did the episode of this podcast. And that episode of this podcast was based on a cracked article I had written a few years earlier, which was about uh, reasons why you should maybe switch to Satan. It's it's metal. It's more metal. It's more metal. And it 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 ended with the the point that Satan could just be a metaphor for science and science is the enemy of religion knowledge progress right conservatives sort of want to hold on to the past and avoid change and right and growth they want their religion to inform how the world works and just be the same forever and so the the idea that there is a new world order uh, underway or something that uh is something that people are working toward it's not that crazy yeah because i mean how many like we're we're coastal liberal elites like how many friends do we have that are would tell you that getting rid of organized religion would be a good thing or we'll say oh religion's the reason we have wars or religion 
oppresses women. I All think things religion, that are true. I think religion is an excuse used to start wars. I think the people starting the wars don't give a damn about religion. Right. But even then, so it's a tool. But if like we didn't, if that tool didn't exist, I think you know people who have financial incentive will find something else. Oh, for sure. But that doesn't mean that incentives should exist. Yeah. So if we were to eradicate organized religion, that would give people one less excuse for war. Yeah. So I feel like the idea that someone is working toward a new world order isn't that crazy, but. It's just that people on the right are the ones who are worried about it. So when you hear it from them, it's like, nah. Well, I think that who I, cares. Yeah, but the idea of extinguishing something, like, how is that going to be enforced? Is there going to be punishment for someone who finds, like, you know, re- organized religion is not my thing, but let's say someone's like a pretty peaceful person and this has helped them or whatever. So yeah. I guess you know, it's it's the motive behind it, right? And yeah, the enforcement, yeah, behind it, like. You still have to... I think free will to me is more appealing than, um, you know, just eliminating or limiting yeah, belief like systems. A lot of uh, organized religion, like the influence it wields in the world is a bummer, but I would never want to like stop someone from being able to just be a fucking Baptist or Methodist, whatever. Or a monk or whatever. A monk, yeah, just fucking... Do you, dog? Go do you, go live in the fucking mountains and chant and buy a bunch of guns if you want. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. I was just like, I was like feeling and I was like, oh, I want to go into the mountains and chant. And you said, buy a bunch of guns. And I had to think about it because like, I think it is a decent skill, but honestly, I'm so clumsy that, yeah. I, you know, I, I don't trust myself with guns. Well, that's, that's one of the problems about like the new world order, a big Part of it is, oh, the government's coming to take your guns. Yeah. And when this theory started going around, a lot of people would like move to the fucking mountains and start buying guns. Yeah. And it's like, well, because the government's going to come and we're going to have this showdown and I have to fight it out. And we were all like, you're crazy. Like, why are you buying all these guns? And then the government shows up and they have to shoot it out. It's like, just let the, this is the United States. Let them have their guns in the mountain. Yeah. Like, as long as they're in the mountain fucking just petting their guns, it's fine. (laughs) Who cares? Like, who fucking cares? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that Chris Rock reference about just make a bullet, like, really expensive. And then you wouldn't shoot anyone unless you had a damn good reason. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That seems seems like a solution. And the profit margin. Like, even if you sold fewer guns... It's like selling soda at a restaurant. Like, right? who cares how much food you sell? You're selling sodas. Cheaper and to make a bullet, right? Probably. Yeah. Than a soda or a gun. <laughs> <laughs> probably both, both in this right? country. Uh, so, Although yeah. I think there probably are pieces of bullet and soda. I don't know. I would hope so. <laughs> I would hope so. So, so, yeah, not a lot of information on this group's Wikipedia page, which I do find weird. It tells you that they're a nonprofit service organization founded in 1922. It's very vague. Very vague. And uh, it's meant to act as a fiduciary trust for the publishing of 24 books of esoteric philosophy published under Alice Bailey's name. That's a quote. Yeah, and fiduciary is a trust where they own the rights to the materials? Right. Okay. And they own the financial rights. Okay. And uh, the 
they have these objectives. I have them in the notes. Are but they profiting off of these writings, by the way? I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're a nonprofit, but that doesn't mean no one's profiting. Yeah. Like, people still get paid yeah, when they, they work for a nonprofit. Yeah. So they most likely are. And yeah, they just say a publishing of 24 books of esoteric knowledge. And you're like, oh, okay, that's. I'm sure there are tons of books of esoteric knowledge out there. But no, these are like the foundation of the New Age movement. Yeah. Like she is, Alice Bailey is one of the first writers to use the term New Age. She's not the first, but one of the first. And she's basically credited as being the founder of the New Age movement. And none of that is in this Wikipedia page, Mm, which I find really odd. Because anyone can edit a Wikipedia page. I should have gone and looked at, have you ever looked at the page where people argue about what should and shouldn't be in a Wikipedia page? And is, is do I haven't, but is that for every article? Like you can sort of see the debate for each Everyone, article? yeah. They debate what should and shouldn't be there. Oh, and should, I, should have, I should have looked at it for this one. I'm kind of just remembering that exists. Yeah. But... There's so much that they leave, like they don't even mention the UN yeah. on their Wikipedia page, even though they mention it on their site, their website yeah. extensively. And for like, it's 2019, anyone looking up information about this group is going to go to the Wikipedia page. So is anyone looking up information? I don't, I wasn't. Yeah. Like I had never heard, I don't, I barely remember how I stumbled on this group at all yeah. i must have googled something new world order related and a link to them popped up yeah but i just kind of like fell into it yeah and they're like they're huge like they're a key like not a key part of the un but they're so closely associated with the un yeah they're acknowledged as an organization right and they really do kind of push the notion that hey no more religions, no more races. We should all just be one thing with one ruling body. So I wonder if they are maybe being used since religion is often used for with, you know, with there's political motive. Maybe this, you know, the people pulling the, the purse strings behind New World Order is sort of using this. Yeah, it could be to push, you know. You know, it, it, I think the surface level is the religion, but what's, you know, truly the motive. Right. And UN, and we talked about the UN a little bit in the last episode. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The UN is, when it comes to New World Order conspiracy theory types, the UN is the enemy. They are the ones who are going to execute the New World Order and kind of be the governing body yeah. of the New World Order, which... You you run into this with, when you research Lucis Trust also, where there's this weird conflict where it's Republicans and people on the right who are like, the UN is going to fucking take over yeah. the world. But also Republicans and people on the right are like, fuck the UN. They have no fucking bearing on what what happens in the world we can undermine them and like the u.s government kind of takes the same stance also and i haven't found anywhere in looking into these new world order conspiracies where anyone is able to balance that out where 
okay, well, you're on the right and you think the UN is this huge threat, but also the people representing you on the right in government are like, eh, who fucking cares about the UN? Like you would think there would be a little more vocal opposition to it yeah. from actual elected leaders because there have been some fringe type elected leaders well, you know like our president. It's all theater. The the division yeah. of politics at that level is all, like, everyone plays for the same team essentially. Right. It's a distraction. Maybe it's all the New World Order team. Yeah. So mm. it's like, you know, people get up in arms at the at the local levels or at our level, you know, the non, you know, the, what are we, regular people? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> civilians, civilians, civilians. Yeah. Civilians get up in arms about like religion and stuff. And then people pushing the, you know, like anti-abortion laws probably had a bunch and don't really give a shit. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then the UN is what it is. And they yeah. Are. Yeah. And that, uh, I don't know. I mean, it could be both, you yeah. know, it could be. And it could also be it, like I, I could see a person on the right who supports this idea making the argument that, well, that's why people on the right discredit the UN yeah. and act like they're not that important because they're trying to limit their influence. I don't know. Alice Bailey, though, yeah. if you look into her as opposed to looking into Lucis Trust, she's the one who started Lucis Trust. A lot more information so she was the medium that channeled the information. She, yeah, she she was, uh, she received this information telepathically from a Tibetan master of wisdom known as Jawal Kul. I think she referred to him th- with initials initially, and then the name right. was. Um, initially DK, and, yeah. all, and at one point just the Tibetan, which, yeah. come on, Alice, don't be. Don't Vague. Be, don't be that way. Uh <laughs> Don't be that way. Why? Is he, <laughs> why do you? Why does his national? Yeah. Why is he got to be the Tibetan? Tibetan? Yeah. How come your husband's not the European? Yeah. Mm. But yeah, she telepathically gets twenty-four books worth of information dictated to her from an ascended master, and uh, she. I think it's also important to notice that DK was referenced um, by another woman, a Russian. Um, uh, she was into esoteric stuff too. Um, occultist, I believe. Um, I forgot her name, but Levitsky, I believe so. Yeah, Madame yeah, yeah. Levitsky, or something. Yeah, like she that. was kind of a precursor to Alice yeah. Bailey. So, this is an ascended master that was referenced. Did Alice Bailey, did she, was she, um, she must have studied the, um, the woman. Yeah, I think they ran in the same circles. And I think that woman also is kind of credited with starting all of this. Yeah, It's like like she was probably like the friendster to Alice Bailey's Facebook or MySpace. Gotcha. Or like she had it. She kind of had it down. Yeah. And then someone else was like. Bailey got it moving. Yeah. I got this figured out. Don't worry. And so, yeah, Alice uh, Bailey, she... She is, despite what the Lucis Trust Wikipedia page implies, Alice Bailey is one of the foundational members of the New Age movement. She wrote a thing called The Great Invocation, which is still widely used in New Age circles. And it's this mantra that is meant to get Christ to come back. Jesus specifically or 
or the, like what is what are they referring to when they say Christ? There is actually an asterisk after Christ yeah. because they and I think they rewrote it in 2000 to make it more uh, appealing to all religions. Yeah. Like at, at first, the the interpretation when you read it was they were talking about Christ as Jesus uh, described in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they've since amended it to be like, no, we just mean, you know, Christ. Well, if I'm not incorrect, because what they really yeah. mean is their version of Christ yeah. who's going to be like, oh, fuck all this other stuff. Yeah. Like, let me tell you how it really works. Well, also, I think the term Christ isn't unique to, to Jesus. No. Christ is, um, does it mean enlightened or one with that? One I don't with know. God or in that sort of unity yeah. space. Um, so, yeah, I think maybe expanding that definition would benefit and also align with what they're promoting. Right, right. Which is sort of uh, the eradication of religion. Like they want religion, but their spirituality, maybe. Yeah, their their thinking or their belief is that all religions come from one spiritual place. Yeah, and that as more people realize this, religions will just die off, and everyone will kind of yeah rally around their one idea. Yeah, and. The thing is, it's hard to it's hard to say, well, no, the New World Order conspiracy theory isn't true at all when there are people out there pushing for yeah this type of thing. And the reach they have is cra- like I don't run a UN blog. Yeah. And I'm dope. So this is yeah, you are dope. But this Thank is you. an official UN blog or is this is their blog? Is no, it- it's it's official. They are they have uh, in the sense that it's it's paid for by the UN they have a uh I forget what the recognition is when we get further in the notes okay I, I have it in the notes but they have an official designation with the UN that allows them to work directly with the UN yeah and they put on conferences for the UN they write uh papers and articles on behalf of the UN they run the UN meditation room so they have pretty decent reach into the UN. And if you like, we'll link to all of the stuff on the website, like that Alice Bailey could probably be a podcast all her own. Yeah. Like she did a lot of shit that is still resonating in the world today. Yeah. Like we're doing a podcast about shit. She started in 1922. So Kudos to her, even if it is an insidious plot to enslave the world. Yeah, and 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 she's a woman, right? Fucking girl power. Twenties, yeah. So I'm not, you know, I I can I respect that. I'm gonna get enslaved by someone? I'd rather it be women. Yeah, like just, it's only a fifty fifty thing there, men or women. And I'm obviously, well, gonna, you know, gender, I'm gonna pick men to enslave me. Come on. Now you know, in 2019, is gender really binary? You know, good point. So maybe maybe that's the the oneness of gender. Maybe an a, a, an all encompassing <laughs> person that's just like both sides. Hermaph- well, hermaphrodites. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's still there's sort of a binary thing there because like you know I yeah. think of stuff as um, a spectrum and that's just sort of having both. Yeah. So what if what's a fusion between <laughs> between the two genitalia? I don't know. We a really spend, long taint yes. that, that you can come from. <laughs> that That's and, what we need. Yeah. Long taints in society. Yeah. That'll unite us. Uh, so, yeah, the 
the thing about this group, we've kind of already alluded to it, but when I mention, like I have in the title of this episode, this is the reason why conservatives think liberals worship Satan. Yeah. Because this group, uh, Lucis Trust, who is still so tied into the UN, they founded a publishing company to publish those 24 books in 1922 called the Lucifer Publishing Company. Yeah. And if you look now on their website as to why was it called the Lucifer Publishing Company, they're like, probably to honor, honor Lucifer. So... Oh, so they're very yeah. blank. Yeah, they're like, it's to honor Lucifer. We just don't think about Lucifer the same way you do. Okay. But like I said, I respect that. Yeah. it's That's the thing. Like, the story of Lucifer in the Bible is, I think, pretty different from what a lot of people imagine it is when you sort of think of what conservatives want and what they're doing it's effectively like okay they attribute satan to um anything that's anti-religion right right and progress they see as anti-religion anti-religion change is anti-religion so then you know it, it makes sense it's a natural I think a natural association that the conservatives can use. Now they're, you know, them naming themselves Lucifer just sort of gives the, you know, gives more ammo to it. Yeah. She could have just been trolling. (laughs) She could have been doing some 1920s trolling when she started the name. I I like those early trollers. Yeah. They didn't have, they, they, you have to really commit in that era to troll. Because they did change the name by 1925. They changed it to Lucis Publishing. But they have no qualms about talking about how they were Lucifer. Yeah. They, it's part of their history. They used to be called the Lucifer Publishing Company. And when there's a group like that, I, I'm not a right wing guy. Yeah. But I can see how if you are a, a right wing person who is uh, whose religion really makes up a big part of your life and you've been fed the version of Lucifer that uh, positions him as this uh, all encompassing force of evil. I can see how you'd see that and be like, OK, so they're still like running the U.N. <laughs> and. The group that wants the new world. Like, of I course. Mean, there's a lot of charge to the name, and it is interesting because I'm sure there was equal amount of charge to the name at the time, right? Probably more. Or more, you would yeah. Think. So, you know, it's just like, well, maybe she was trolling a little bit. Maybe yeah. she was trying to get people a little, you know, yank on their chains a little bit. Yeah, and it's, it is a thing where the not only is the story of Lucifer a lot different in the Bible than what uh i think popular culture has made it out to be but hell also like a lot of what we know of hell comes from dante's inferno like that's not the yeah. bible it's just a, it's a fiction it's a thing a dude wrote right wasn't like, that a, a piece of fiction yeah yeah <laughs> like the bible mentions hell as a dark place underground well that could be a fucking cemetery like that's yeah that's anything like that which would still be a huge bummer yeah. to just be in a dark room by yourself for eternity could be a form of meditation yeah or if you can sleep like i would just adapt to sleeping 23 and a half hours a day yeah or something well what do you what do you do for the 30 minutes fucking float around in my coffin i don't know oh we can float probably a little more floating i think a little float yeah maybe float an hour a day sleep floating yeah we'll sleep float so this group uh one of the things besides just the the Lucifer stuff, uh, 
Alice Bailey has some thoughts on race. And I think uh, when you take into account that they're not just Alice Bailey's thoughts on race, as one of the founders of the New Age movement and as one of the founders of an aspect of the New Age movement that is now very much tied in with the UN, uh, it kind of makes sense that there are people who uh, view her thoughts on race as a threat. And At the very least controversial. Very controversial. And uh, this is a quote from her book called Esoteric Healing. And I apologize. It's a little long. Intermarriage between nations and races, the fusion of bloods for hundreds of years due to migration, travel, education, and mental unity has led to there being no really pure racial types today. This is far more certainly the case than the most enlightened think. If the long, long history of mankind is considered, sexual intercourse knows no impenetrable barriers. (laughs) Impenetrable, (laughs) nice. And people today have in them all the strains and the blood of all the races. And this, as a result of the World War 1914 to 1945, will be increasingly the case. This development is definitely a part of the divine plan, no matter how undesirable it may appear to those who idealize purity of relationship. Something intended is being brought about, and it cannot be avoided. So Bailey um, said this post-World War. Yes. Okay. Um, I have to first say that I'm not mad at the idea of spreading out the gene pool because nature likes that. Yeah. Nature loves that. You, you, what happens when you do incest? Nature likes Bad it things. less. Bad things. The white tiger less. happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember the white tiger. The white tiger. It's, yeah. a, it's a product of inbreeding. Spread they all the, come from one white tiger. Diversify that gene pool. Yeah. You don't want cross-eyed tigers. Yeah. And then it's just like, well, well I guess, you know, if, if Lucifer is science and science is telling you not to interbreed, then, you know, I can see how they're not with it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. Like, she's basically what she's saying is your idea that your bloodline is pure and that you, for some reason, have to maintain this pure bloodline is stupid. It's goofy. It's it's goofy and it's never going to work. Like, progress is just moving against that. Yeah, mobility. Yeah. Everyone's everywhere now. And I feel like despite this being a thing she said decades and decades and decades ago, that's kind of the defining problem in the world right now, because you definitely see it in the United States. Like when those fucking polo wear Nazis were carrying their tiki torches, what were they shouting? You will not replace us. Hmm. Like they, a lot of the right wing movement in this country is centered around the idea that white people are going away and they're going to be replaced by people of color and just like basically what she's talking about. Everyone's fucking, so no one's going to be white anymore and we have to preserve it, which is nuts. Mm, No one's going to be white because uh, who has dominant genes? Yeah. Oh, someone, someone might be feeling a little insecure. Exactly. They're, they're, uh, what, what, recidivist? No, well, the opposite of dominant. I'll remember it when the podcast is over and and I'll feel really upset. Recessive, recessive. Recessive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know what recidive. I just 
<laughs> no, we, were, we were getting there. We, were we made it. We made it. This isn't the biology podcast, okay? We're doing the best we can. Yeah. But this is a thing, you don't just see it in the United States. Like, yeah. you're seeing this kind of global push, be it along racial lines or religious lines, where people are like, look, our country used to be one thing, and we want it to be that thing again. And in places like China and India... That means fucking bad times for Muslim people. Yeah. But in places like Hungary and a lot of Eastern Europe countries, it's more like, well, we all used to be Catholic and now all these fucking liberals aren't Catholic. Yeah. And we should probably get them out of here. And this really feels like kind of the defining clash right now is one side of the globe feels like, listen, this is progress that you can't fight. Like, yeah. you're just going to have to accept that most people aren't going to be white anymore. And I think we'll be all right. And then there's another half who's like, nope. Yeah. They, I disagree. Well, they, they don't want it to happen. Yeah. It's not that they just, I mean, they're, they're scared. So they don't disagree that something's happening, you know? Right. But, but it's, it's scary to them. I guess a loss of privilege is scary, but you know, that's very uh, narrow perspective. It's a super narrow perspective. Yeah. And I think, like it is kind of inevitable yeah. and it it's sort of because because <laughs> darker jeans are dominant yeah and like everyone like everyone's fucking like like yeah. people are like everyone's fucking like yeah. you can't it it can't just be white people forever. I mean, also it's just like what are they trying to preserve? Like the yeah the the skin color. It's so superficial, or is it the culture? There's different ways to preserve culture. Yes, like like what is preserve European culture? Like it doesn't have to be white. Yeah, like, Europe's a place that has culture. Like just fucking like it. I don't. I like this kind of makes me feel like because looking into this, I'm like, well, yeah. There is a group that's pushing for the idea that eh, maybe all these racial differences and borders and all of this shit is a problem. And yeah, there is a group pushing for that. And I kind of feel like they're the ones who are right. Like, I know people listening to a conspiracy podcast are going to fucking hate to hear that. Yeah. But that does kind of seem like where we're headed. Well, that's the thing. It's and not it seems like all the problems in the world are trying to push against that for no reason. Yeah. Like there's no tribalism. Yeah, there's it's not a thing to be afraid of. It's progress. It's how the world works and you don't have to lose your culture. Well, yeah, the only constant is change first of all. So anyone yeah. who's pushing against that, it's going to be a very uphill struggle. So, um and I you know what? I I think Bailey's kind of a badass. I'm not, you know, like I I don't know what her motive is, but some of the things like I I don't think a homogenous society is the most interesting society. I don't think a, homog a homogenous gene pool is the healthiest set of gen genetics to build a child from, you know? Yeah. And it like the opposite of this idea, the idea that, well, it's just moving in a direction where all races are just going to kind of be one race. Like the opposite of that is going to be some form of hate. Like it ha it's going to have, like, if you want to fight that, it's going to involve some degree of, okay, well, our races can't mix. We don't want this race in our country. And that's not fucking progress. You can't possibly think you're on the right side of history by thinking, well, all right, well, these people aren't as much people as we are. So yeah. we have to keep them out. Well, it's crazy because if you grow up in an environment where that is your universe 
and that's yeah. your conditioning. It's, you know, like they, racism's taught. Yeah. You know, it's. It really is. It's taught. It's learned. And it's, I mean, it is a thing you yeah, can. Yeah, learned. It, it's a it's a thing you can overcome. Like if it's yeah. a thing, that's the good thing about racism being a thing that's learned. You can deprogram, learn it. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy who founded Stormfront dot org, his son was heavily involved in Stormfront and how much it grew. Which, uh, if people listening aren't familiar, that's like the pioneering nazi website on the internet yeah and his son for most of his teenage years was heavily involved in building that website and then he went to college and like met black people and was like oh okay this is dumb yeah like i like I, this website sometimes. is fucking stupid it's sometimes as little as exposure yeah takes as little as that and i mean from what i'm gathering of what we're learning from about alice bailey she sounds like not a racist yeah, that's the thing. One of the things that comes up is, oh, well, this is very anti-Semitic. And Where's people that? say that because what she's pushing calls kind of calls for the eradication of Judaism. But, but not it, specifically. Yeah, it kind of calls for the eradication of organized religions in yeah. general. Yeah, so there's not she's not singling anything out. And I don't is she even calling for the eradication? Well, maybe it's the verbiage, but I think it's more Again, I think it's more of an idea of unity. Now, I do like the idea of diversity and unity. Right. I don't know if that's what she's pushing for. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like, if you read her quotes about it, it's not so much that she's explicitly pushing it. She just thinks that when people catch on to her way of thinking, those things will just sort of die off. Okay. Like, you won't really, like, yeah, you could still have your religion if you want, after this enlightenment or whatever it is happens, but you probably won't want to. Yeah. Which once you've eaten the that apple, that seems fair. Once you've eaten the apple. Yeah. You're just like, well, you know, you get a little bit of a broader perspective. Right. And it, as, as much as I'm, I'm saying like, maybe that's not that bad of a thing. Uh, if anyone's listening to this and wanting me to keep some conspiracy angle to it, if there's anyone who has reason to oppose an idea like that, it's most organized religions and most like the Catholic yeah. Church, especially. Oh, and they wield a lot of power. They wield a whole lot of power. So I don't I don't doubt that there's some conspiracy surrounding Lucis Trust. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think they're on the wrong side of it. Yeah. I think they might actually be on the right side because no matter how religious you are, you have to admit that even if it's just used as an excuse, religion is exploited to cause a lot of fucking misery yeah, in well, this world. And I think there is a difference between ideology and practice. Right. So, you know, I do see the ideology that they're um, that they're enthusiastic about and promoting, yeah. but also it's like, you know, what is the what's the organization actually doing? Cause you can say you're about something, you can make a formal statement, but what, you know, what are, what are the members of this organization getting paid for? Yeah. What are they doing? What are they, you know, what, what, what's their job? They're saying we want to promote this, this and this, but what are they doing to do that? Right. And in this case, they're just writing fucking pamphlets, basically <laughs> writing pamphlets, running a meditation room. Yeah. Like it could be worse. 
I mean, it it doesn't honestly it doesn't sound that bad. Yeah, I don't know. Like I this, I'm, a, I'm I like you know I actually need to start meditating again. But it's, yeah, you know I think there is encouraging meditating is encouraging independent thought or freedom from. Yeah, they from could be encouraging a whole freedom. lot worse. And if it comes down to new world order versus like fourth political theory, which yeah. we talked about on the previous episode, I'm going new world order. Yeah, Like I'm going with the version that encourages and accepts everyone living yeah. and being alive as opposed to the one that encourages, well, some people might have to die so we can all be the country we always wanted to be. It's like, no, that's just, and we just pushing we genocide. Asterisk, yeah. 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 White people. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the loosest trust. Yeah. There it's a, it's a conflicting group. Like, like we normally end these episodes by deciding if we believe this or not. Yeah. And like this one, yeah, I believe there is someone pushing for a new world order, but I just, I kind of feel like the really nefarious aspects of it are more a smear thing by religious yeah. types and people on the right. And the new world order that they're pushing might be a different type of new world order. I don't know that if NWO right. is the right term for them. Right. Um, because it is so associated with, um, you know, like to, in, when I hear that, I think of yeah, central like black helicopters. Central, and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah central yeah. Uh, economy. Right. Um, chips. Yeah. Chips in us. RFID chips. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's our episode. This was uh, a lot of fun. Do we have anything? We'll, uh, we're going to do more New World Order episodes. Yeah. I think there's so much to cover. Uh, do you have anything to plug before yeah. we get out of here? Um, so I'm starting up my YouTube again. Um, Fizzed Dasani on YouTube or F Dasani or something. I don't know. You can just type it in, right? Yeah. Uh, Fizzedasani.com has all my social medias, Instagram and all that. And facialrecognitioncomedy.com is a show that, and tour that I created and a weekly podcast. So check that out. Nice. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Adam Todd Brown, Todd with one D. And I'll be touring next year. Come see me tell jokes. All right. Let's get the fuck out of here. Fizz, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. 